1: hi guys hello and welcome back to the nerd i hope you're having a great day i just want to thank you again for listening and if you're listening on itunes or google play or whatever don't forget to leave me some reviews They really help my show grow and are greatly appreciated. So let's get right into it. Unfortunately, some of the world's most famous mysteries have yet to be solved. Mysteries like who Jack the Ripper was, why Amelia Earhart disappeared, and how the pyramids were built persist today. Rather than getting frustrated by these unanswered questions, though, take solace in knowing that they are not without their benefits, solving these mysteries can result in great discoveries not to mention fame and fortune. Let's talk some of them are in this podcast we are going to talk about 5 mysteries that are yet to be solved. Before talking about the first one, let's ask one question. Do you believe in ghosts? Because our first topic will be about them. Well, I don't believe it, but let's talk about the girl in Georgia who communicated with the dead. Heidi Weirich is a gifted psychic who can see and talk to the spirits of people who have died. She has been able to see ghosts since she was 8 years old. After her parents, Andrew and Lisa, moved to Ellerslie in February 1989, she started seeing the ghost of a friendly old man named Gordy who played with her on the property. Lisa thought this apparition was an invisible friend, but Heidi eventually met a ghost named Khan who showed up at the front door wearing a bloody T-shirt. Lisa thought she was going to be taken away when she told her. Andrew looked all over the neighborhood for someone who matched the description, but he didn't find anyone. Lisa told her sister, who had just moved into the house next door, about Con and Gordy one day. It turned out that James S. Gordy was the person who used to own it. Catherine Ledford's family had owned it in the past, so Lisa got in touch with her. She made sure that James had passed away in 1974. He owned a real estate business in Columbus and was in charge of Sunday School at Ellison Methodist Church for a long time. Even though she didn't have any pictures of him, she agreed with Heidi that he had gray hair and wore a suit, a tie, and shiny black shoes. Heidi started looking through them and chose Catherine's uncle Longcon Bachelor. He died of cancer in 1957, but before he was 20, he lost his hand in a cotton gin in Ellerslie, just like she had seen him. Over the next four years, she kept running into the spirits of James Gordy and Long Bachelor, who had been dead for a long time. Lisa got pregnant in 1993 and a bad spirit came to visit. She says, Heidi had never been afraid of anything. She hadn't been afraid of Khan before. She had never been scared of Mr. Gordy, but she was in tears when she saw the dark figure in our hallway. She and Andrew talked about moving, but Heidi's ability to see ghosts in other places came up. Jordan, who is Heidi's little sister, was born on February 3, 1994. Two weeks later, Lisa saw that Heidi's face had deep cuts down it, Andrew just thought she had scratched herself by accident during the night, but two nights later, he woke up with three claw marks on his side that were very painful. People thought that the dark thing Heidi saw was the cause of the scratches. Let's talk about the investigation of this case. Dr. William Roll, a well-known parapsychologist, has looked into the Wyrick house at their request. In September 1994, he went to see the house. One of the first things he did was get Heidi to pick out Mr. Gordy's picture from a lineup of photos. She was able to figure out who he was. He says, after talking to Heidi and her parents, I'm even more sure that we're dealing with real parapsychological events. Then the question comes up, why are these bad things happening to this little girl? So now it is an unsolved case, or we can say mystery. Heidi is now an adult, and she doesn't live in the old family home anymore. She says she hasn't seen Mr. Gordy in a long time. She still sees the mysterious dark figure and a lot of other ghosts, though. She sees him so often now that she doesn't pay much attention to it. No one has ever told her why she sees things. Andrew died in 2012, when he was only 45 years old, which was sad. Now let's talk about the second one, the battery that's lasted 180 years. The Oxford Electric Bell, or Clarendon Dry Pile is an experimental electric bell put up in 1840 and has operated almost constantly since then. The bell is housed in a specially designed dry-pile battery at Oxford University and relies on a chemical reaction to produce its electrical power. The dry-pile was invented by British scientist Robert Hooke, and the Oxford Electric Bells are one of the first recorded applications of this type of battery. The bell is constructed from two 4-inch diameter bells with a wooden frame and clapper. Power is supplied from the battery via an iron core electromagnet, which keeps the clapper in motion when activated. Even though their specific composition is unclear, it is known that they have been insulated with molten sulfur and that they may be Zamboni piles. That a dry pile has endured more than 180 years is the real wonder here. The third one, the red lights, over the North Pacific Ocean, Seen by a pilot J.P.C. Van Hydst in 2014, a mysterious red glow across the Pacific Ocean has baffled pilots flying across it. J.P.C. Van Hydst was flying a Boeing 747 nate aircraft from Hong Kong to Alaska when he spotted the mysterious lights above the ocean halfway through his flight. The bizarre lights were seen south of the Russian peninsula of Kamachekar and are thought to have originated from a huge volcano explosion under the surface of the ocean. The glow reportedly came 20 minutes after a vertical lightning strike was seen in the distance van heidst was left perplexed by the eye catching lights and described the experience as creepy there were no thunderstorms on their route to alaska which suggests that the lightning bolt was not caused by a storm he explained on p base that the only thing he could think of that would cause the glow would be a volcano under the surface he said the closer we got the more intense the glow became, illuminating the clouds and sky below us in a scary orange glow, in a part of the world where there was supposed to be nothing but water. The only cause of this red glow that we could think of was the explosion of a huge volcano just underneath the surface of the ocean, about 30 minutes before we overflew that exact position. He added, we reported our observations to air traffic control and an investigation into what happened in this remote region of the ocean has now started. Now I'm just hoping that if a new island has been formed there at least it can be named after me as the official discoverer that would be pretty cool let's have one break before continuing stay tuned with
0: lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So let us begin with our fourth unsolved mystery. The disappearance of Cursa Jensen. Cursa Jensen was 14 years old and lived in Napier, New Zealand. She went missing while riding her horse, Commodore, on September 1, 1983. She didn't go home that night, and no one has seen her since. Her horse was found wandering around near the Tutikiri River, but Jensen's body was never found, and the case has never been solved. Police thought that Jensen had been taken and killed. The case is important in New Zealand because it is one of the few unsolved murder mysteries there. So let's talk about the full story of Krista Jensen. It is one of my favorite mystery cases. On September 1, 1983, around 3.00 p.m., Cursa rode her horse to a nearby beach for an afternoon ride. Cursa and her horse were last seen with blood on their faces near an old gun post from World War Roman II at the mouth of the Tudikiri River. At around the same time, she was also seen talking to a man in a white SUV. When Cursa didn't come home by 5, 30 p.m., her family started looking for her and soon called the police. Even though her horse was found. The missing girl was not found after police and volunteers looked for her for several days, including in the local river and other waterways. On September 6, a Napier newspaper offered a $5.000 reward for any information that could help find Cursa. Several psychics and mediums tried to help the police, but the investigating officer later said that they weren't useful. One of the most important pieces of information came from a person walking by who saw a girl matching Cursa's description being held at arm's length by a European man who was about 1.8 meters tall and 45-50 years old. The same witness also saw a white utility vehicle parked nearby with brown sides. Another witness talked to Cursa at the gun emplacement. He saw her bloody face and asked her what happened. She told him that she fell off her horse. Cursa told the witness that someone had gone to get her parents and that she thought they would be there soon another witness told police that he had seen a white utility vehicle coming off the bridge at about 4:30 pm the driver was said to be a white man with brown hair who was between 20 and 30 years old he was driving with one hand while his other arm was around the shoulders of the female passenger commodore curses horse was seen tied to the gun emplacement by several people after this john russell was the main suspect and he had already been found guilty of rape He told the police that he was the man who was seen at the gun emplacement with Jensen. The police looked at his house and truck, but they didn't find any proof that Cursa had been there. Russell admitted to killing Jensen in 1985, but he later took back his confession. There were no charges. Russell killed himself in a Hastings guest house in 1992. He had gone to the psychiatric hospital at Lake Alice Hospital for help with a medical problem. He didn't leave a note to say why he killed himself. The case is still open and in 2009, the officer in charge said that there was probably more evidence that Russell wasn't involved than that he was. In 1999, a man from Melbourne, Australia, told police he had killed Jensen, but this also turned out to be false. In 2012, people working in the area found human bones. At first, they thought they were Jensen's. They were too old according to the test. Search parties failed every time they started up a new search. And psychics and medians couldn't help in cracking the case either. Cursa was never found, and the case remains open. It- lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest
0: place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It is time to talk about the last and final Sam, the Shadow Clown. In May of 1973, when two young children were on vacation at Lake Common, Sandown, Isle of Wight, UK, they saw a strange creature called the Sandown Clown. The children followed a sound that sounded like an ambulance siren to a footbridge over a stream where they met a strange, unidentifiable creature that has been called a cross between a clown, a robot, and an alien. It was shy but friendly, and it talked to the kids in a nice way for almost 30 minutes before they went back to their parents. After the meeting, it seemed to disappear and has never been seen again. What was the appearance like? Even though he was over two meters tall, the Sandown clown looked pretty much like a human. He had two arms, two legs, a round head, and recognizable facial features. But that's where the similarities to a normal human end. The bean's head was said to be too big for its thin body and had the shape of a nearly perfect sphere. Its skin was very white and felt like paper. Its hands and feet only had three fingers each, and its face looked like it had been crudely painted on the top of its head. It had two blue triangles for eyes, a flat brown rectangle for a nose, and an oval-shaped thin yellow lip that didn't move at all when it spoke or ate. It had thin, frizzy, reddish-brown hair that hung down below its hat. Two wooden antennas stuck out from the sides of its head, and more wooden antennae in the shape of slats stuck out from its wrists and ankles. It looked like it was wearing a clown costume. It had a tall, pointed hat with a black knob or bobble on top and a high-collared red and green suit. At first, the hat was attached to the suit, but the being took it off to show its white, balding scalp. It had dark blue gloves on, but no shoes on its feet. The pants and sleeves of the suit were long and frilly. It is not known if the wooden antennae were part of the costume or if they were part of the bean. It also had a microphone or system that it used to talk on. This is thought to be where the ambulance-like siren that the kids heard came from. They lived in a two-story hut or shack near a lake in a wooded area. The walls were covered in blue-green dial patterns, and the floors were made of metal. The hut also had some rough wooden furniture that looked like a table and chairs. The clown being seemed shy but friendly and it told the kids that it was afraid of people and wouldn't fight back if it was attacked it said it drank water from the stream after cleaning it and gathered wild berries which it ate in a very strange way by putting its head forward and moving the berries back and forth between its eyes and then down to its mouth it could write in english with a pencil and paper and when the little girl asked it what its name was it told her it was sam and that it was all colors when asked if it was human it said it wasn't When asked if it was a ghost it reportedly said, Well, not really, but I am in an odd way, you know was the only answer to any other questions about what it could be. Well, what do you think? According to you, what are the possible explanations? Let's talk about some of the possible explanations. There are several explanations as to what the being could have been. Theories include a human wearing a costume of fairy, ghost, or other type of paranormal or supernatural creature, a robot, an extraterrestrial, a hawks, a shared hallucination, or foley adieu. It can be anything, but it is still a mystery. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed, don't forget to hit the follow button and if you also want to read summaries of this podcast, go on my Medium account. The link is in the description.